Hello, and welcome to this special bonus episode from the IADC podcast. A week ago, I had the privilege of moderating a discussion among operators and tribal community leaders in Anchorage, Alaska, for a groundbreaking event hosted by the Alaskan Command in support of U.S. NORTHCOM. In this Arctic-centered gender analysis workshop, we delved into various analysis models, like Canada's Gender-Based Analysis Plus, and put them to the test alongside experts from other professional military education institutions, or PMEs. But what truly made this experience exceptional was our open dialogue with tribal liaisons and leaders of Alaska Native and American Indian communities throughout the process. It was an eye-opening journey, filled with fascinating discussions, thought-provoking moments, and an incredible honor for me to engage with such inspiring individuals. The perspectives shared during this workshop were not only generative, but also energizing for our mission. Now, I'm thrilled to share this special podcast episode recorded right from the Arctic War Events Center in Anchorage, featuring joint opening remarks from Rear Admiral Robertson and Brigadier General Hawthorne, also conversations with our gracious hosts and inspiring participants. Listen in as we discuss how uncovering and challenging our internal biases can lead to more informed and inclusive operations. We also explore the significance of understanding the unique lifestyles and history of diverse communities like Alaska Natives in our mission planning. This podcast episode is just a stepping stone in our mission to promote positive change. Join us in this crucial conversation by tuning in and sharing this episode with your thoughts. Let's keep pushing the boundaries and working towards a more inclusive and equitable future in the defense sector by way of women, peace, and security. Now on to the show. Hello, and thank you for joining us today for a pivotal moment in our journey towards enhancing the security and stability of the Arctic region. I'm Rear Admiral Scott Robertson, the Director of U.S. Northern Command Strategy, Policy, and Plans, and I'm here today with my Deputy, Brigadier General James Hawthorne, as we gather under the banner of the Alaskan Command Women, Peace, and Security Arctic Gender Advisory Workshop. The training you will receive over the next two days is designed to emphasize the most critical infrastructure within the Arctic, the population itself. This focus on the human terrain underscores our collective commitment to work by, with, and through the population, because we know that operational success and access in the Arctic is intrinsically linked to our understanding of and engagement with the people who reside within this unique and challenging environment. Women especially hold a pivotal and often underrepresented role in shaping the region's future. WPS is a program that inherently involves women's meaningful participation. At the same time, men are critically important to the success of women, peace, and security initiatives. This is precisely why Brigadier General Hawthorne and I wanted to collaborate and provide these remarks to open this event, to model the importance of men's proactive involvement in and support of women, peace, and security, especially to the NORAD and U.S. NORTHCOM leaders, both from the United States and Canada. Rear Admiral Robertson and I are both strong allies in this cause, and we extend a sincere invitation for other men to join with us, because by integrating a gender perspective, we enhance our ability to defend not just the Arctic, but the entire homeland. Our objectives for this workshop are clear. We want to equip you with the tools to integrate a gender perspective seamlessly into the planning, execution, and assessment of military operations in the Arctic. Through these modules you will be completing, you will gain insights into the intricacies of gender analysis and its relevance to our operations. By the end of these workshops, you will better understand 
and be prepared to identify and address gender-related considerations unique to the Arctic's culture and environmental context. The concept of populations as critical infrastructure lies at the heart of our approach. The Arctic population has historically demonstrated their resilience and adaptability in this harsh environment. Their perspectives are a wellspring of strategic insights that can elevate our understanding of the challenges we face and illuminate pathways to success. It cannot be overstated how important gender analysis is to understanding and navigating the human terrain. This approach helps us to reduce risk of mission failure by allowing us to see the complete operational picture to better comprehend nuanced dynamics and to anticipate challenges and opportunities that would otherwise remain invisible. Understanding the Arctic's population through gender analysis is not just a concept to Alaskan Command, U.S. Northern Command, or NORAD. It's a matter of operational necessity that will shape our future successes by shaping the way we think about, plan, and execute our operations, ensuring that our strategies are more inclusive and effective. Thank you for your dedication to this critical endeavor. I'm certain this will foster enlightening discussions, collaborative exercises, and collective growth. Together, let's pave the way towards a peaceful, secure, and stable Arctic. Hello, Tiffany. Uh, thank you for joining us here at the WPS podcast for the Inter-American Defense College. We are here in Alaska, and I would like for you to please tell us why we are here in Alaska and what you have set out to do here. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. So we're here at Almendorf Air Force Base in Alaska, um, supporting Alaskan Command, which um, is as part of U.S. Northern Command. And we're here to put on a gender analysis workshop specifically focused on the Arctic context. Uh, and this was an idea that was born out of the fact that we have integrated women, peace, and security into our campaign plan and our subsequent operations order at NORTHCOM, which identified gender analysis as a component of all of our plans, operations, activities, investments, and exercises. And so Alaskan Command reached out to um, build their capacity to do gender analysis so that they can meet the intent of those taskings in the operations order and the campaign plan and meaningfully adjust their planning to take into consideration a gender perspective. Excellent. And you've done something very novel. You brought in... PMEs to work together in operationalizing here in the Arctic, which is a very unique situation, a very unique context. And it has been a great learning opportunity for everyone involved because we are not all that close to the Arctic where we usually are. And this has been an excellent opportunity to see how with the gender analysis, you can really apply a gender lens anywhere you go. And here it has been really enlightening to see how the tribal liaisons, for example, help you in doing that. What is the biggest outcome that you would be satisfied to see happen after this? And what are the next steps? Sure. So I think the most important thing that we're doing here is that given the unique context of the Arctic um, and the idea and the key theme driving this workshop is that we do not have a significant amount of defense critical infrastructure in the Arctic. 
And really our critical infrastructure in the Arctic is the Arctic population themselves. So this is a very harsh environment. It's very difficult to survive in, let alone thrive, and let alone conduct military operations. So if we want to be effective in our military operations, we need to leverage the expertise of the civilian population that resides here and is able to thrive here so that we can better design our operations and be successful in this very harsh environment. And so I think that what we'll gain is um, a better understanding of how we can um, engage with the population in a way that's very legitimate, um, that takes into consideration their perspectives, um, that takes into consideration gender, um, so that we're consulting with the entire population and benefiting from the experiences um, and knowledge and expertise of the entire population and not just half of it, so that we can better design our operations, so that we can make sure our operations Um, do not have a negative effect on the population that we're serving. And that's a requirement um, here in Alaska that we have the federal trust regulation that requires us to engage with the population. So this is all going to help us to do that in a more meaningful way. Moving forward, I think that this can be a model. Um, As you mentioned, we brought in specific professional military education expertise to help us put on this workshop. We are very deliberate in also identifying and involving our Canadian partners because they have had to operate within the Arctic, and they have also done some great work already with their gender-based analysis plus framework. So bringing that expertise in, I think, was very valuable into putting on the workshop involving the Inter-American Defense College reminding everyone that the Western Hemisphere involves the Arctic, it involves Canada, it involves the United States Northern Command. Right? So I think that was a tremendous partnership that we have. Also the Naval War College, um, as well as um, significant representation from Rojas Northcom and Alaskan Command and the Alaska National Guard. Yes, thank you. No, it's it has been really engaging, and I think that I have seen from the beginning everybody's eyes just wide open from the first moment that you all started speaking and all the experts that you had yesterday. And today it's been a full day of a gender analysis where they get to actually do the work. And that is so important when trying to operationalize because we can talk about operationalizing all day, but this is how you do it. And you are helping us in these type of practical workshops So uh, we really appreciate that because it falls in line with what we were trying to do at the at the college also with a workshop trying to make it more practical so that we can actually implement the WPS agenda. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we're doing here is that we're trying to expand beyond just gender focal points and gender advisors being the only ones that are responsible for thinking about gender. So we specifically designed this workshop to be more compact as long as an operationalizing WPS 100 course would be to get gender focal point certified. But something that was really hard-hitting, very contextualized to the environment that these planners and operators are actively engaged in, the Arctic, Um, So tailoring it as much as we possibly could to just give them those tools to do gender analysis or at least identify opportunities where gender analysis is needed, and then they can leverage that expertise. Um, Because we cannot rely solely on gender focal points and gender advisors to identify opportunities in our planning cycle and our exercise design for the integration of gender because we're very limited in that capacity. So we need to have other people who are gender aware and understand where it's going to interact and impact military operations so that they can bring those opportunities and bring the team in um, that's needed to make sure it's adequately addressed. 
Excellent. Yes. No, I think that that is what you will be able to see as they leave here because everybody has said already how this is needed and why weren't we doing this more often and everywhere? Yeah, I think you asked about next steps. I would love to, for each of our components and regions and subordinates to be able to bring out a workshop to them that's specifically contextualized and designed for the challenges that they meet in their everyday mission so that we make these analytical tools that are really important for military operations available at a larger scale at those important components of our organization. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Tiffany. Thank you, Frida. We couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> Good morning, Veronica Clark. Now, can you please tell us about this brainchild of yours? Oh, absolutely. And thank you for having me on your podcast. So basically, the inception of this workshop was as the result of a homework assignment, Ops 100 course, put on joint staff. And uh, one of the very last things that uh, we were asked to do uh, prior to getting our certifications was to come up with an action plan to kind of move the WPS ball forward. And uh, I was reflecting on the training that I had just received, and it was very significant. And the need uh, for operators to, to go ahead and, and be equipped to start applying these principles in the now. Uh, and so it had occurred to me that uh, we did not need to wait for a gender focal point network or for a gender advisor network to be established before providing the tools to the operators. So I thought, well, in the interim of PME, professional military education, catching up with curriculum development for operators, how about we hold a workshop and give the operators the need-to-know things uh, and tools so that they can go ahead and start thinking with a gendered perspective. And so that's how we ended up with the workshop. Brilliant. All the information I have been receiving here has been very interesting, useful, and I know that I can take it with me anywhere, even though it's for an Arctic analysis I know that all the lessons imbued and all these presentations that you have set up with everybody who has come here that you have organized, it really has been wonderful so far. What are your main takeaways you would say that you hope the participants will take back home with them? I believe that the biggest win here would be getting the participants to start thinking with a gendered perspective, acknowledging, again, that they don't have to be uh, WPS experts or gender experts, but to actually get them to recognize that that is a skill set within their in their gray matter, right, in their brain, that they have the ability to flex, and, uh, and when they do... It, it, it expands their operational effectiveness by giving them a more holistic view of their operating environment. And with that more holistic view, they'll be able to make more informed decisions and come up with better inputs and advice to commanders as we go forward and conduct operations. So just to acknowledge that we all have this skill set, we just need to, to train it. Well, thank you so much. It has been wonderful to listen to you and to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to bring the podcast as well. 
And we hope that everything that you're expecting will come out of this does and that it only grows because I do believe that it's an excellent initiative. And I do love that you're adding PMEs to what you are trying to operationalize and doing it in a very novel way and very unique here as well. So it's everybody learns, honestly. There's not one person that is not taking a lot of new knowledge with them. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good afternoon and welcome to the IADC WPS podcast. Can you please introduce yourself? Uh, yes, um, my name is uh, Major Robert McDaniels. I'm the chief of the Resilience Exercise Branch uh, at NORAD and NORTHCOM J71. And I uh, oversee two uh, NORAD NORTHCOM exercises, uh, Vigilant Guard and Ardent Sentry. Excellent. And how is it that you came here to this workshop? So uh, the J71 uh, was looking for volunteers to um, to come in and participate in this conference and also to um, be part of the WPS uh, team for NORAD NORTHCOM. And so I volunteered for that. Thank you. And what would you say is your biggest takeaway from this workshop? Um, I think my biggest takeaway is that as, as military members and, and leaders, uh, that actions have consequences and that we need to consider the human factor and, and in particular women in our operations and our missions and, and how that, that affects. Thank you. And while we were in the workshop, you mentioned that you were thinking about incorporating women, peace and security into an exercise that is forthcoming. Could you speak to that a little bit, please? Sure. Uh, so I oversee two exercises for NORAD and NORTHCOM, and uh, I was I learned in this conference that there it's actually a directive uh, at NORAD and NORTHCOM that we incorporate WPS principles into our exercises. So I'm going to take that guidance and um, uh, look work with the WPS advisors to design some exercise objectives that can get after that that requirement. And would you say that you have learned how to conduct a gender analysis or at least the first steps that you're going to take back and, and try and implement as well? I can't say that I'm you know, an expert at, at gender analysis just from this uh, workshop, but I definitely have a great introduction uh, to that process. And I will be working with the WPS advisors who are professionals at that to make sure that we incorporate the analysis into our, our exercises. What are you most looking forward to taking back to your team and and implementing after this workshop? One big takeaway for me and, and something that I'd like to really share with uh, my my leadership as well as the the folks that I supervise is that this is a a mission enabler. It's not a mission detractor. And then if we can incorporate these principles of WPS into our planning, uh, we actually can be more effective uh, as a military. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Good afternoon, and welcome to the IADC's Women, Peace, and Security podcast. Can you please introduce yourself for our audience? Uh, hello, my name is Laurel Foster. Uh, I am Chupik Eskimo out of Alaska. Uh, my mother and father are David and Evelyn Foster, and my grandparents are Edna and Rex Mathla from Nunavak Island. 
Thank you. Can you tell us about this experience, what it's been like for you? This experience has been amazing to me, and I am very grateful that the conversations are starting to happen, especially with the history in Alaska, with the, you know, the military coming in with an idea of providing assistance or coming in to essentially save the population from whatever, you know, disaster issue uh, they perceive to be there uh, without taking the time to consult with the local population. And we hear traditional gender roles a lot, but people need to understand that traditional gender roles from a westernized perspective are not the traditional gender roles within the Alaskan communities. So it's important to consider those differences when you have a foreign entity or uh, a military entity that's not familiar with those locations to understand how we operate within our communities. Thank you. And your contributions to the group have been very valuable. It's been a real asset to have you there. Uh, can you tell us more about what you do on a daily basis and how this might impact in a positive way what you do at work? Uh, so I have two roles. Uh, I'm a traditional guards uh, person with the guard. I work with the 176 wing in our wing training section. Uh, and then on the civilian side, I work at a nonprofit organization called the Alaska Native Justice Center. And my role, uh, we, do, we do several uh, social outreaches within our communities. My specific role is working with Native tribes regarding children, Native children that have been removed uh, by the Office of Children's Services where the Indian Child Welfare Act is implemented. And if you look at, they're called China cases, child need of aid cases. If you look at those cases, traditionally in the Western court system, All of the parties are assigned an attorney or appointed an attorney at no cost. So the parents get an attorney, the child gets an attorney, the state gets an attorney, uh, where they have that legal representation and that legal voice within the courtroom. The tribes are not assigned an attorney. So what the Alaska Native Justice Center has done is they have stepped in and filled that gap to provide that legal representation for tribes. So their voice is heard within the courtroom with regard to how they think that that Alaska Native child, uh, what their best interest is. Can you speak a little to the intersectionality that we were able to discuss here and how gender is also playing an important role in all of your community activities? I think that it confirms me speaking to these issues and that I need to continue speaking of these issues. This was one of very few opportunities that I have had as an Alaska Native person in a military uniform, being able to communicate the cultural aspects of Alaska and why the history of colonialism is important and how a military member coming into a community that's very rural They need to understand that the last time that community saw someone in a uniform might not have been a positive experience. It might have actually caused trauma within that community. And it's important to understand that history. And we don't talk about that history enough. Yes, you have really shed light on intergenerational trauma and and how it still plays a role. So we need to be cognizant of that in our endeavors. Anything else you would like to add about uh, 
the workshop? I love that the conversations are happening because what has happened in Alaska is it didn't happen a hundred years ago. Like some people perceive that it has my mother and my grandparents were subject to, uh, you know, boarding schools, their generations are, it's still very fresh within their minds. And I get to be the voice to communicate that. And I enjoy having the opportunities to educate on that piece because it's just not spoken of. So this forum was a great opportunity for me to not only talk about gender roles, but also the culture and how cultural um, perspective plays into those gender roles. Thank you. Yes, that's been really valuable. Welcome to the Inter-American Defense College's Women, Peace, and Security podcast. Can you please introduce yourself for the audience? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Major Chelsea Asplin. I'm a gender advisor for the Alaska National Guard State Partnership Program. Thank you. Can you speak to your role here at the workshop? Yeah, during the workshop, I was a facilitator and had the opportunity to speak about the operational impact and to take uh, my understanding from security cooperation and emergency response and management through our state partnership program and our partner with Mongolia, and to bring that home to a U.S. audience and to look at how women, peace, and security, and gender perspective, and ultimately gender mainstreaming truly has a positive impact on our military effectiveness, our credibility, as well as the survivability of impacted uh, populations during military operations. What are your biggest takeaways from the workshop? I would say one of the biggest takeaways is not only the commonality of gender challenges or gender nuance uh, across the human race and all men, women, children, boys, girls, uh, age and uh, experience factor into this. They all experience gendered nuances in day-to-day, in military operations, in recovery, um, but also the true complexity. From a military perspective, we often look at that linear, and we seek the this step, then that step to a perceived outcome. But when it comes to applying something like a gendered perspective or gender mainstreaming, it's not linear. It's more complex. And you're looking at history and you're looking at um, traditional and sometimes, especially in the case of a lot of the Arctic communities, you're looking at more of a diverse and a, a fluid gender environment where roles may not look the same way that we would perceive them from a very Western perspective. Um, the roles of a hunter-gathering community or a fishing community may shift to uh, the male or the female leads and who's home at the time or who's moving with the communities and how we, from a military perspective, can develop operations and develop plans in a way that doesn't start from scratch but uses the existing infrastructure and the existing plans and that we can serve as a force multiplier or to amplify what is truly needed rather than stepping in with our own perspective and intention. That hits on everything that we were able to hear today, I believe, from from the students' takeaways as well, the participants' takeaways. Uh, I think that having the experts, the academics uh, speaking on the first day and then the gender analysis on day two, and then today uh, hearing from community, hearing their view and their perspective of the help that they actually need and how it's best delivered. Uh, would you say that 
you have gained some insights to operationalize WPS better after this? Absolutely. And I think the beauty of life is that opportunity to continue learning. And, and I came into the workshop with a perspective and understanding that's very much specific to Mongolian culture, uh, which while there is overlap in many of the um, cultural regions of the world, it's unique. And coming into a very Arctic perspective and hearing the the difference in uh, across tribal communities and across uh, considerations or seasons, you know, the Arctic weather, the climate change being one of the biggest factors uh, changing how operations are done or how lifestyle is lived, um, I think that really drives emphasis into the operational environment. I think one of the biggest pieces in operationalizing a concept like women, peace, and security or agenda perspectives is you have to look at the whole of government. Recognizing the whole of government approach is something we often talk about in the National Guard because a lot of us are citizens in our day-to-day life and we are integrated in the civilian communities Uh, And then we wear our uniform once a month or during an activation or during an exercise. And so that whole of government concept is oftentimes a little bit more ingrained in the National Guard. And now to expand that into an operational arena to say, uh, who is your whole of government? Well, in the Arctic communities, whole of government isn't a traditional government structure. You may have a mayor and a city council and tribal leaders and a chief. And you're going to have all of these varying perspectives that factor into the decision of day-to-day life and that factor into the decision of crisis management or a disaster response or even the aftermath or the planning for a military operation because there is a time and place for military operations and to do that more effectively and to reduce the impact and increase survivability I think is the key to that well-developed whole-of-government approach where the perspectives and the understandings are integrated. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please subscribe and follow us for more great content on women, peace, and security. This is a production of the Inter-American Defense College.